welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I am Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing The Golden Child, which was released in the US on December 12th, 1986, and in the UK on January 1st, 1987, and in Ireland on January 23rd, 1987. It was written by Dennis Feldman and directed by Michael Ritchie. It stars Eddie Murphy, J.L. Reet? Reet? I think so. Uh, Charlotte Lewis, James Hong, Victor Wong, and Charles Dance. What a fun last name, Dance. What's going to happen is this. Jen and I have thought of three problems. This movie has three each and one positive. We'll have a little chat about it. What's the the synopsis, Jen? Detective Jarrell is assigned to find and safeguard a kidnapped Buddhist mystic child. Though Jarrell doesn't believe in mysticism, his investigation leads him to some flabbergasting evidences. <laughs> yeah. That might be the first time I've ever said the word flabbergasting. There you go. Now you said it twice. So, yeah, Detective Yarrow. Yarrow. As Charles Dance calls him. Yarrow. I couldn't remember how to say it. Yeah, Jarrow. It's Jarrow how Jarrow. you say it, but he says it Yarrow. Okay. He doesn't pronounce it the proper way um, to wind him up just to piss him off. Uh, but the, yeah, Detective, fair enough. He must be a private eye. Mm-hmm. He, mu- he must have some sort of certificate to say he's allowed to do those kind of things like search for kids and that but yeah it's just detective threw me off it made me think he was supposed to be a police officer or something so you have zero history with this movie when did you watch it for the first time Uh, yesterday (laughs) yesterday yesterday and uh it was it had to be broken up into parts because the yard guy was here and was very loud outside with the lawnmower and i was very frustrated (laughs) oh and i saw the barbie movie in between parts of this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i watched an hour of it when saw the barbie movie and then saw 30 more minutes but i'd never even heard of it and it was so funny because i asked my husband i was like have you heard of a movie called the golden channel he's like yeah of course and then i asked my friend ryan i was like have you ever heard of a movie called the golden child and he starts like making some reference to the movie and laughing hysterically and i was like mm-hmm. did everybody hear about this movie except for me am i the only one that's never heard of it well it seems like <laughs> yeah. what's your history well i don't remember when the first time i watched it but i remember this was this was my comfort movie okay around about when i was about 15 and 16 because I was going through a rough time and I just remember watching this movie a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It made me feel better because I was living in a place I didn't want to live. But I remember being in that bedroom and just sitting up at night and just watching The Golden Child and just, I don't know, just enjoying it Mm -hmm. and just having, you know, a good time with it. I don't think it's great but i still enjoy it i I have fond memories of watching (laughs) watching this movie so what did you think it then even though you i mean try and forget the fact you watched barbie in the middle (laughs) (laughs) it was good it didn't have the same political statements as barbie but it was it was good um like i didn't love it but i enjoyed it and i always yeah it's I feel like I've watched more early Eddie Murphy movies with you than I had before. Or at least mm-hmm. when I did see them, like, I know I saw Coming to America when I was little. I don't remember it at all. Like, anything I saw of his yeah. when I was younger, I don't really remember. And I always forget how charming he is. Definitely. We seem to be doing them in order as well, I think, aren't we? We did 48 hours, 
And then we did trading places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop and then this. And he's so young. I'm always surprised at how young he is. Yeah, he's like 24 when he did this movie. Yeah. 25, roughly. And Charlotte Lewis was 18. Yeah. She doesn't look 18. No, she doesn't. Um, But it's good that it's good that they don't specify their ages mm-hmm. in the movie. So she could be in her 20s, same with him. Mm-hmm. If he's supposed... Well, he should be like late... He's supposed to be in late 20s. He always plays characters older than himself because he's so young. But yeah, it's, it's good that they never mention ages and... Let's get into problems. And my first problem is really silly and we can just say it and move on. Okay. The title song is called The Best Man in the World and I think that's pretty egotistical. <laughs> okay. So what's your first problem? <laughs> well, the, the song was written by John Barry. John Barry did the original music and we'll get into that later. It was performed by Anne Wilson from the, the band Heart. Okay, okay. When I heard it, I, I was like, is that... Is that heart? <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so, okay. And yeah. But then I, I kind of forgot about it and never looked it up. So thank yeah, you for no, that. Yeah, no, it's Anne Wilson from Heart. Yeah. I recognize Anne Wilson's voice. Okay, so what's your first problem? Okay, well, f- before I get into my first problem, I'm going to... Occasionally I have a problem that I, can't actually be a problem because it has nothing to do with the movie. No, okay. But at the beginning of the movie, he's walking past a newsstand where the guy is... What is he reading? Chunky asses or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. He's walking past this newsstand. It's this huge newsstand, and so my mm-hmm. problem that has that nothing to do with the movie because it's not the movie's fault is remember magazines. <laughs> I still see magazines. I mean, but it's not like it used to be. It's not like it used to be. There's no. not like most of my magazines don't even exist anymore. Okay. Nice. Like I, I used to love going to the bookstore. And buying just a stack of magazines. And they're even better if they're imports from the UK because they always have little gifts. Mm-hmm. We don't have little yeah. gifts with ours. And um, like I remember buying one when I was in London and it just had a book. It had a book that I already wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is insane. Like I, I went home from from Europe with <laughs> a bunch of stuff from magazines because you buy a lot of magazines <laughs> when you travel. And anyway, it just made me sad. Like that, my first note was just remember magazines because I'm sad that magazines aren't a thing like they used to be. Like I miss my entertainment weekly. Right. Not like they used to be, but I live next door to a um, supermarket and you go to the supermarket, they've still got a giant wall full of magazines. Um, most of them are for kids, mm-hmm. like Paw Patrol or Coco Melon yeah. or stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's all different. Disney princesses, uh, it's all that sort of thing. But then you've got Empire that's still mm-hmm. going. But yeah, oh, another thing is for that the, the beginning song, the the best man in the world. But then he is taking a, the piss out of a guy for his sexual preferences. <laughs> that's not very nice. Leave the man alone. Well, it was such a, and this isn't necessarily a problem for me, but it was such an interesting um, beginning because it's like, he's putting up flyers for a missing girl and he's just having the time of his life walking down the street and, yeah, and, and it's like, and I get it, like, if that was your job, you'd probably be a little desensitized, like, you wouldn't be serious all the time, but it's still, it's weird, like, he's putting up these posters, but he's also, like, just goofing around with people and having a great time. While he's doing something very serious. We'll get to that with my second problem. Okay. So. Well, my my actual first problem is I thought the thing with the Pepsi can was a little too silly. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it is silly. But, I, you know, it definitely is. But I love it. Uh, but I think it's because 
the the bad guy that he's trying to soften up mm-hmm. is sort of mentally like a child, mm-hmm. maybe. And the golden child sees that, and he thinks that this is what will make him laugh and get him closer to him, so he can touch him. Look, I had trouble finding problems with this movie, so that I know. that has to be one of them. No, that's fair enough. But I think that's like the cutest product pr- placement ever. It is very adorable product placement. Yeah, that dancing Pepsi can. Um, now, well, my second problem is the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because, as you said, the movie starts with him just like goofing around and stuff, but then he's looking for this girl who turns up dead. Mm-hmm. She's dead and her blood has been used in oatmeal for a ritual. But hey, here's a, here's a funny quip. Here's a little joke. Mm-hmm. Um, something serious is happening. This girl, 16-year-old child, died. But let's not get too caught up about it. Don't see her parents and anything. She's just nothing. She's just not there. But then the original script was supposed to be like a supernatural murder mystery. It was supposed to be like Raymond Chandler type sort of detective. And then he gets caught up in supernatural stories. Uh, but then the studio wanted to make it an Eddie Murphy comedy. And that was specifically after test audiences, test uh, screenings, yes. That's what I read. I don't... Yeah, probably, if that's what you read, that, but like, I, I don't know. That they had the test screenings, and then they they went back and filmed more Eddie Murphy-like Eddie Murphy stuff, mm. because that's what people wanted. And it made me wonder, if it weren't for shit like that, like, if they just made the movie the mm. way it was supposed to be made, which, like, even Eddie Murphy complained... Yeah, that did. like the original script was better. Maybe Eddie Murphy could have had a different career if he got to do something a little more serious. Possibly. Studios, it's not as bad now, but like back in the day, they did not let people deviate from their normal thing. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying earlier, that this was like um, this is his fourth movie. This is his fourth movie, I think. Is it? Aye. Um. Well, forty hours. Then trading places. Then Beverly Hills Cop, then this. But in between those, in 1984, he also did a movie called um, Best Defense mm-hmm. um, with Dudley Moore. But Eddie Murphy wasn't supposed to be in that movie. <laughs> um, it was just a Dudley Moore movie. But because he was a rising star and they knew the movie was going to be garbage, <laughs> they got him to shoot separate scenes so they could just fit them into the into the movie. Okay. He was, um, and uh, he, he doesn't interact with anyone else in the movie. He doesn't interact with Dudley Moore. He's got nothing really to do with the rest of the plot. But he gets credited as a strategic guest star, Eddie Murphy, because they're obviously hoping that his um, presence would bring in more people to watch the movie in a, a kind of kind of failed. Best Defense, starring Dudley Moore. That's so bizarre. Yeah, so I just... I think the tone's just sort of a bit... It's, it's, it's to be expected. If the studio get in their own way again. and But, I mean, the movie was a hit. Mm-hmm. This was his what, fifth, fourth starring role. I can't remember what we said earlier. <laughs> and it's um it's his fourth hit in a row. So, you know, it's you're riding high at the box office with all these, these hit movies. Then it was Beverly Hills Cop 2 after this, and then Coming to America. So, I mean, the 80s were great for Eddie Murphy. What is your second problem? Look, I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy this is my problem. Like, I don't know why I have to keep doing this. Like, why do we have to keep doing this? Mm. It is, I, if anybody has a problem with my problem, 
know that I do too. I, I'm sorry, and I know I just did this. But why? Why do we need a love story? Why do we need sex in this movie? Like, and the whole thing where it's like, they're in love. How did they fall in love? They just met. I hate that. I, mm-hmm. It's one thing if it's like they're attracted to each other, they like each other, but I'm supposed to believe they're in love already? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I am so sick of it. I know, and I know I just did this like a couple weeks ago or something. Yeah. I know it. And maybe if I could have found some other problems with the movie, I wouldn't bring it up. But it did annoy me. We do not need a romantic storyline in every single movie. You're right. We don't need it. I mean, it ultimately goes nowhere, really. I mean, she dies, and then the golden child brings her back. Well, they end up together at the end. Yeah, but that could have been... That would have been progression. If they didn't sleep with each other during the movie already then, you know, it could have been progression that that when she dies, that's when he realizes that, Mm. you know. See, and yeah, it could have been done in a way that I would accept more. But like, I mean, at least we didn't have a sex scene because it would have felt like a sex scene just to have a sex scene. But um, Mm -hmm. that was unnecessary. But we got a wet shirt. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I I don't know how many times I've done this is my problem. I know. It's been a lot, but it just drives me crazy. Um, I'm, and I'm also just not a fan of people in movies, like, I'm supposed to believe characters are in love when they barely know each other. No, I understand, I get you. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, imagine your friend (laughs) is like, hey, I met this person a few days ago, and yeah, we went on an adventure and shit, but, like, we're in love. You wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, you're crazy. I I like the fact that she kicks ass. Yeah, no, I really like her. It's good that she was, you know, she could do more damage than he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she she dies and she's just sort of out of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's just Eddie Murphy saving the golden child, which, you know, I I, I do appreciate that because he is the, the chosen one. But, but yeah, she could have been fighting henchmen. And I like that that henchman lives. Yeah. <laughs> he lives. Well, maybe not if the place explodes that he was in, but maybe he got out. <laughs> You don't see him die, um, and he's still loyal to the Golden Child. So, no, I'm with you. I think this might have been might be about the fifth time you've said it, probably. But yeah, I I get you. I think out of all the movies and books and TV shows and everything, you know, the one that I have the biggest problem with Mm. it's Hunger Games, man. Right. I know at the end of the books and the movie, she ends up with one of the two guys. I couldn't tell you Mm. who it is. Pia. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, it's that love triangle felt so forced. No, it definitely is. Peter is forced onto her, mm-hmm. and then she ends up with him anyway. It's it's very silly and sort of yeah. It felt like but. they're like, well, Twilight had a love triangle, so Hunger Games must have a love triangle. Mm. Teens love love triangles. I don't know what was written first. Yeah, I don't actually know. Like book wise, but yeah, love triangles are all over the place in YA and mm-hmm. um, movies based in YA. It's like, why? Why does it need to be a thing? And then we had a love triangle on Wednesday, of all fucking things. Mm. And then, but Jenna Ortega has says, nah, that's not happening again. <laughs> Jenna Ortega's not fucking around, man. No, <laughs> she's not. She's not. I love that. Now she's got more pull, she's like, nah. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> I love her. I love that girl. <laughs> and she's going to be in Beetlejuice too. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever that happens because of the strikes. <laughs> yeah, I the 
every once in a while, whenever there's like a strike, there'll be like one thing that comes out of it that I kind of like. And the thing I kind of like here is that because they're not going to have new content, ABC is going to air Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Which is smart because that movie, I mean, she's going to be a main character in the Marvels. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love the fact that that's going to air on... Like, obviously, I want the people striking to get all their stuff. But, like, I find it interesting, these decisions they they have to make because they don't have content. Yeah. Ms. Marvel was one of the ones where people are complaining that the... People are complaining that they didn't get paid because there was people who did... Someone who did rewrites and scripts for Ms. Marvel and they didn't get paid for it. Hollywood is so fucked. Yeah, fuck it. Just get AI just to do everything. Who cares? Just burn it to the ground. (laughs) Hmm. No, it's de- something's definitely need to get done because because of these there's like new rules with streaming services and all that now that people are getting fucked over with residuals and stuff like that mm. and it's just not I've seen a lot of people saying, Oh, millionaires are wanting more money, blah 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 and it's like, well, it's not them that wants the money, it's the people who don't have money for their job that wants the money. <laughs> I don't know what this thing is now, but in like twenty fifteen or something, um I read that the average SAG member makes two thousand dollars a year yeah they make so little money you post didn't you post that meme about like the, the avengers it was like the the people at the front yeah. that's infinity war isn't it mm-hmm. we're all standing in a row and all the, the like the big main stars at the front and then yeah but it's the people at the back that are needing the money yeah. the people at the back that don't get paid because they're just bit players but they're not getting enough money and then now there's contracts in it that's saying that um new contracts that say that they have to give their fucking likeness rights over and stuff like that if you so they can like use your likeness later on and it's like that's all bullshit. Yeah. People just want to act. They just want to be in movies and you know all that sort of shit. But then greedy bastard CEOs are like, no, but we want all the money though. I have a friend on Facebook who lived in LA for a while and one of her friends had commented on one of her posts about it and they were like talking about someone they knew that just wanted to act in plays. Like they just want to do stage work, Mm -hmm. but they have to do the screen stuff to make a living because you can't make Mm -hmm. money being on stage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's people like that too, that it's not, it's not like everyone's trying to be a movie star, but it's people who they want to act for a living. Yeah. And, um, and I don't understand people getting angry about that and being like, we shouldn't care because I don't think there's a single person, at least in this country that doesn't enjoy watching people act. (laughs) Like, everyone watches TV or movies or whatever. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like people, some people seem to have this thing in their head that, like, actors only want to do that because they want to be famous and rich. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. There are people who want to be actors because it's a job and they enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. And they like being on screen or on stage or whatever. They they just, it's like um, working in a shop. It's like people, there's some people who do enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Oh, if I could make a living wage working in a bookstore. Yeah. I would. Like if I could actually live off (laughs) a salary, like working in a bookstore, especially specifically working inventory in a bookstore, I would do it in a heartbeat. But yeah, there's no way I could get paid enough. But yeah, there's just so much bullshit about these strikes that people just don't seem to understand. And they just think it's all the famous rich people that are wanting more money. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're a writer on a TV show and that TV show gets cancelled, there's no guarantee that you're going to get another TV show. Yeah. 
you need money, you need to live. So there needs to be something else in place for people like that as well. It's just fucking, it's just, it's insane. Anyway, what's your third problem? Uh, there's a noticeable stunt double. Oh, God. <laughs> but see, that like, the scene where he is going around with the, he's, un, he's going around with the, bo- the water, mm-hmm. the glass of water, and he's going around the glass of water. And there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie Murphy's face is just, like, standing up, and he's just sort of, like, slightly perturbed by it. He doesn't really seem to be all that bothered by it. But in the long shot, that's a close-up. In the long shot, the stunt double is down like that. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to Eddie Murphy, um, and he's just standing like that. I did actually notice that. And you know I don't yeah. usually notice those things, but I did notice that. That was that was really noticeable. And the, the guy doesn't even look like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that it's not just because it's a noticeable stunt double it's also that leads into a continuity error mm-hmm. because the guy is completely different from the explosion but Eddie Murphy's nowhere near the explosion he's just like sort of standing there but that's another thing is a motorbike can pass my house um, Eddie Murphy seems to be overacting in the comedy parts and underacting in the dramatic parts sometimes in this because when he's his uh, supposed girlfriend gets stabbed. He's just like looking at her. He doesn't really seem to be too bothered by yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't like really react to it. He's just kind of like looking at her, like, oh, all right. <laughs> what movie am I doing after this? Oh, Beverly Hills Cop too. Sure, whatever. <laughs> so, what's your third problem? He gets to keep the kid. No, no, the kids come back to to bed. But he and, and her and the kid are together at the end. Yeah, but they say, uh, how long will you... He says, how long will you be? And she says, two weeks. She's, so she's traveling oh, back to Tibet. okay. To I thought back. he would, like, just cut the kid. Adopted. Yeah, no, he just um, put the kid in normal clothes because the kid had to stay there until they could take him back to Nepal. Okay, well, then my third problem is that I don't pay enough attention when I watch movies. Yeah. Um, I say him, but the golden child is actually played by a girl, and they shaved her head. But yeah, yeah, she's taking the golden child back. I thought I really thought the ending was just that they get to be a happy family. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So you don't actually have a third problem then? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> this is going well. Yeah. Okay. No, my third problem is you can see water coming out of that glass. Yeah, you can. No, no, very. Yeah, he does. When he falls on the bridge, water falls off, Mm -hmm. falls out there. Yeah, definitely. It's really annoying. (laughs) And it's a good job that he apparently thinks outside the box because a normal human being like you and I, Jen, might Mm -hmm. think that the water is to pour over the fire. That's what I was thinking. He really took a chance there. He did, didn't he? He just drank it. I couldn't believe that because I was like, no, you you put the the fire out. Yeah. And it takes him a while to, to, you know, fire, water, water, fire, fire, water. And then he drinks it and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I would have just poured it over. Would that have failed? I guess. Yeah. Strange. Positives. And my positive is the score. Because rewatching this movie... I forgot just how fantastic the opening, um, like uh, opening music is 
with the synth pop and the guitars whenever you see Charles dance and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that music so much. That was probably part of the reason why I loved watching it as much as a kid, because, well, teenager, because I just loved that music. Mm-hmm. And now you can, you know, listen to it online and it's great. But the, the music was done by uh, Michael Columbia, Columbia, Columbian, um, and it was originally supposed to be done by John Barry, who does quite a lot of, he did quite a lot of the Bond music, James mm-hmm. Bond stuff. Um, and although it's credited as Monty Norman who created the Bond theme, it was actually really John Barry who done it, maybe. Um, but uh, but his, his music, John Barry's music, didn't sit well with the finished movie. Um, and there's videos online where you can see clips of the movie with his music over the top of it, and it's just it just doesn't go with it. Uh, it's too sort of old fashioned, and and John Barry also done the music for Howard the Duck in the same year as this. Okay. What is your positive then, Jen? This has probably been my positive before. I don't know, but Eddie Murphy, I just I enjoy yeah. it. I'm I'm glad I'm you're making me watch these early Eddie Murphy movies because <laughs> I enjoy watching him like. Even if it's something like 48 Hours, which I hated, mm-hmm. like, he's still fun to watch. He's very charming and likable. and I understand why he was so popular. So Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good positive. I think you have said that before, and I think I've said it before as well. But when you do these early Eddie Murphy movies, and he's just so good in mm-hmm. them, it's hard not to. I, my positive was actually, it was going to be Charles Dance, because I just think he's just so sort of, he's cool and kind of scary at times and um and i really like i really liked his performance as well uh but the the voice of the the devil i think it is when charles dance is doing his meditation thing and then he's in hell mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be the devil or the dark one or whatever that's frank welker and frank welker also did the voice of the creature at the end when charles dance changes into the creature at the end of the movie uh, and as I've said before, I've met Frank Welker at a Comic Con last year, uh, and I have a picture of him with me. Uh, I didn't just take a picture of him as he was walking past. I'm actually standing next to the man. Uh, so <laughs> anytime I can mention Frank Welker, <laughs> I will. I have a convention I'm going to in a couple of weeks, and uh, Leah Thompson's going to be there. Oh, nice. Yeah. The convention that I was at last year had the original girlfriend I can't remember her name Jennifer original Jennifer mm. but I can't remember the actress's name and uh, Strickland the headmaster he was there so that was the two people I saw from Back to the Future sitting signing things so yeah I've got some notes okay uh, before this Dennis Feldman wrote just one of the guys nice <laughs> We're going to do that at some point. Then later he wrote Species and the awful Jamie Lee Curtis horror movie Virus in the late 90s. That is not a good movie. Uh, Michael Ritchie also directed Fletch, Fletch Lives, and The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas ch- Cheerleader Murdering Mom. Nice. That's Holly Hunt, right? Holly Hunter, yeah. Holly Hunter, yeah. This is Eddie Murphy's first PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. His other movies have been rated R up until this point. Um, and it was rated PG in the UK, which I'm surprised about because of the chunky asses thing. Mm-hmm. But then they would either have to have cut that out 
or made it made it a 15 so I think they just left it and kept it a PG because it wasn't cut in this country but now it's a 12 I think it's been upgraded we've said that we've said that we've said that said that um, the end credits don't scroll the end credits like come up like a page at a time a bunch of names at a page at a time like a TV show oh okay and that's unusual for a movie mm-hmm. yeah to do that rather than scroll up and that is all my notes so, I forgot to tell you this, Jen. <laughs> I should have told you this before we started. But next week we're going to do a movie that neither of us have seen. Okay. The one time I'm, like, prepared with something that isn't just a movie I love. <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, the Boy Who Could Fly. All right, well, we'll do that then. No, no, no. We can we can, we can, can do one we haven't seen. We can just... Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I was going to change it up. Okay. That will spice things up a little if we haven't seen it. But we'll we'll do one and then we'll do the boy who could fly okay. next after that. All right. What okay. are we doing? Right. Well, I have, as you can see, Jen, mm-hmm. I have an app on my phone that has uh, a wheel, and on the wheel I have written Overboard, Carbon Copy, Grease Two, Soul Man, Teen Wolf Two, and Partners. Okay. And I've also put Jen's pick and Jimmy's pick. So if it lands on one of them, then we get to pick one of these movies. Okay. Right, so I'm going to, I'll turn it up so you can hear it, I'm going to spin the wheel. <laughs> and it has landed on, oh, son of a bitch. What? Jen's pick. You. <laughs> so you get to pick one of these movies. Grease 2. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Next week we're covering Grease 2. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I probably would have picked that one as well. So <laughs> we should have just said we're doing Grease 2. I have this now. So like once a month or something we'll do a movie that we haven't seen. Okay. So we're not just doing like a whole month of movies we haven't seen. We'll do one once a month or whatever. So Grease 2 from, was it 19... 19- 1982, 1980, something like that, early 80s. I can't remember the exact year. So we're covering that. So that should be fun. I'm excited. (laughs) Then the week after, we'll do The Boy Who Could Fly, because I have never seen it. So there you go. That'll be another, it'll be two movies in a row that I've never seen. (laughs) And Grease 2 will be two movies in a row that you've never seen because you haven't, you never saw The Golden Child. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So that's all we have time for. If you want to follow me on uh, Fred's, it's Shifty Bench Pod. Um, Twitter can go suck a dick. Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Please send us some feedback and send us some Maybe some suggestions of things we can put in the wheel that maybe you think we haven't seen. Because we do talk about a lot of movies we have seen, like even if we're not talking about that movie. So, you know, give us some, some suggestions of movies from... Maybe some movies from the 70s, because that's kind of a blind spot. Yeah, I don't. I didn't watch a lot of thing. movies from the 70s. Yeah, like pre, pre-80s movies. Until I was older. Yeah. Um. Anyway, where can people follow you online, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, which, you know... Sucks, but whatever. <laughs> you did. You actually posted something. I did. I wanted Dick Van Dyke's attention because I had a dream where I met him, and I woke up and I was sad that I hadn't actually met him. Yeah. Did he reply? No. No. <laughs> what a dick, Van Dyke. Ha ha. So. Ha. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.